One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, and PantelasComedy.com. It's the Pantelas Podcast. Hey everybody, uh, this is a crazy episode, it's brought to you by The Sun, because without it, we'd all be dead. <laughs> We've got uh, Missy Suicide on this episode. Uh, Missy Suicide, the founder, and still the boss, over at the Suicide Girls. Um, thousands of Suicide Girls now, as I found out, it's just, these models are, are taking over the internet. Uh, a lot of fun, um, she's super cool, uh, she answered a lot of questions, talked about kind of how it started. Um, I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, if you don't already, you should check out the Suicide Girls. They have, always have the website, suicidegirls.com. And uh, if you follow me on Instagram, it's all you see me like. It's just, uh, you know, a variety of Suicide Girls. Um, so, yeah, without further ado, enjoy this pretty cool interview. You're listening to the Pantelis Podcast. How did, you, how did this come about? How did this idea uh, for you to start the Suicide Girls begin? Um, it started in the summer of 2001, so almost 14 years ago now. Wow. Um, you know, it's just, it's an embarrassingly long time ago. Um, but uh, triumphant in the internet space. Um, it's, uh, it started as a way for, for me to showcase the, the girls that I found the most beautiful in the world. Um, my friends, girls with piercings and tattoos and crazy colored hair and girls that just didn't fit into the normal definition of beauty, mainstream beauty. Um, you know, in the summer of 2001, it was uh, quite a different landscape, you know, as far as the media was concerned. There was two types of beautiful women that were um, heralded as being beautiful, um, either the, like, sort of stick-thin, waif, supermodel, blonde, um, Kate Moss type, right. or the or the buxom blonde, um, silicone-enhanced, Pamela Anderson type, and you know, aside from that, there weren't even really any um, any other dark-haired women or like girls with you know with any variety at all that were being beautiful that were being celebrated as being beautiful. And I thought the girls that I knew were some of the most amazing women, um, and I wanted to give them a platform where they could share their um, their images as well as their um, thoughts and feelings with the world. And so I started Suicide Girls and. Um, it's been a crazy ride ever since. Yeah, I think the internet thanks you. <laughs> you. You know what I noticed earlier? I was uh, I was on the website, and I noticed that it's it's not a few girls anymore. We're talking. You have an army. <laughs> yeah, there's almost three thousand. How how's that possible? Like how how does how does one become a suicide girl? Because I because now it seems like the invitation is pretty open. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna become a suicide boy soon. Like it's it's just it's just open. <laughs> um. Well, we've been uh around for 14 years, so um, you can kind of do the math there, but, um, you know, we, we get about 35,000 applications a year from women around the world. Wow. Yeah. And what's the criteria? Um, it's it's more about, uh, about the girls having the right attitude and wanting to share um, their unique beauty with, with, the, with our community and add to had their their beauty to um to our redefinition of 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 
what is beautiful, I guess. Right. At this point, is it still redefining? I mean, since I feel like everybody on the internet has kind of agreed that they're beautiful. Um. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's still a lot of uh, there's a lot of variety on suicide girls, and there's a lot of you know. I feel like there's still while while the internet has come um like light years ahead of where it was um, when we started. Um, as far as like level of acceptance, um, they there's still a ton more to do. In in terms of just getting their type of look standardized, you mean? Just before before every woman feels beautiful, you know, like the message behind Suicide Girls is that, you know, confidence is the sexiest attribute a person can have, and this so, is true. you know, if you if you feel beautiful and if you feel confident, then you know, other people will see you as confident and beautiful as well. And, um, you know, unfortunately, there's still a lot of, of women out there who who don't feel confident in their bodies and, and um, in their beauty. And, like, you know, suicide girls still have a, a ways to go at changing the world's view. That's actually a... Uh, that's a pretty big statement, right? I mean, to change people's, I mean, especially when it comes to women yeah. themselves. Yeah, but you know, like our 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 members tend to be, um, it's like fifty three percent female members on the site, forty seven percent male. So we yeah we skew slightly higher women, and you know I I get messages every day from women around the world who um, who write to me and say that they never felt beautiful until they saw a girl who looked similar to them on the website and you know it was like a combination of of the confidence that the girl projected in her photos um that you know she she was like wow she is beautiful but it was also the combination of um the comments that that the members would leave um that they're so supportive and so positive and um you know and so it's it's really this sort of unique experience when you see the, the images um, and see get a sense of our community. It, it is pretty strong. I mean, I know that uh, say the people that I follow on Instagram, for example, Suicide Girls. I know that the members that leave comments there. There's a lot of sharing between say their interests. Like I said, uh, whether it's anime, movies, comic, whatever it is, and then they discuss it. So they they leave themselves pretty open by sharing things that they you know they might fear people might see as uh you know nerdy or dumb or it wasn't acceptable ten years ago for say models whereas now it's pretty open I mean the con- it's just an open conversation over Instagram and I mean the conversation over Instagram is is much more limited and um, look at trolls and people that are yeah <laughs> um, on Instagram comments. I see the I see the comments. I'm aware. I, it's, it's five it's five six comments that talk about oh this is beautiful. I can't believe like that. And then there's the one of are we gonna date? Are we gonna bang? What's happening? Or the let's fuk. Yeah, well, it's full of those. It's just let's fuck. There's no yeah. and there's no there's no kind of lead up to it. There there's there, yeah. they're not even being yeah. strategic. There's no there's no number address. It's just let's fuck at you know this user. <laughs> yeah, there's no way for them to actually it's just a random weird comment that but it gets left everywhere. Like what is with the let's fuck guy? Like you need to just stop. It's the same guy it's the same guy on every site. It's it's, it's just one guy going around saying somebody's gonna say yes. <laughs> He's like it's it's the numbers game, like you just have to put it out there. Um 
But I feel like the girls on our site, you know, gain that confidence to share themselves because the community on our site is so strong and so supportive that even if they got get the let's fuck guy on Instagram every once in a while, um, they're not <laughs> they're not going to be um, they they're confident enough and like comfortable enough to like just ignore that guy, you know, and like and not let it ruin their day because let's face it, I mean, if you get if you post photos, you know on Instagram and like every other one's like every other comment is some sort of teardown or some sort of troll. It's like you, you know, nerdy comic book, blah, blah, blah. Like that's not hot. It, it, it does mess with you, you know, like it messes with your, with your psyche, no matter how strong you are. But I think that having the, the community on suicide girls and seeing, you know, the thousands of friendships that you make and like the, um, amazingly supportive and respectful um, community uh, gives them the confidence to be able to to ignore the other the trolls everywhere else you and, know, and still share. And I get that it must be, I mean, this day and age, super difficult for them because of just the ease of access of like uh, people contacting you. I mean, say you're on Instagram, you have the let's fuck guy. Like, I, I don't get any let's fuck guys. I don't, I don't have any of those guys, you know. But on Twitter, anybody. What anybody, do you mean? Your your pictures don't get the let's fuck guys? I never get Come that. On. I never get that. I I get the random Aww. I get the random follow me back, bro. But I don't get I don't get the, I don't get the let's fuck guys. And I know like say on I'm Twitter, gonna... <laughs> oh, you're, this gonna be you. You're gonna you're gonna comment uh, just to just to get me some of the let's fuck comments. But not for these girls. Create a like create a a crazy profile just so I can <laughs> harass guys. <laughs> But yeah, they're they're so open to it. I mean, somebody could just send something on Twitter and it goes right to their phone, so they could keep getting harassed since they're so open and out there. So I'm sure it must weigh heavily on their psyche if you know if they weren't strong to just keep getting harassing uh, text and just Twitter messages and all that stuff. Because I get pissed off too if somebody's if I get enough you know you suck or go fuck yourself messages, it weighs on me. Yeah, you're like wow, I was having a good day, but no, it's kind of bummed out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Like oh that guy I know that guy is probably like living in his mom's basement in Milwaukee or whatever but it still bums me out to know yeah. that you know like <laughs> this guy, like keeps me enough that he's gonna make my day ruined. I've thought about that too. It's, it's always that guy, the guy who's like stealing internet from the neighbor and he's living in his mom's basement. <laughs> he's the first guy to judge. Yeah, he's the first one to judge, and you have to feel sorry for you know like. Like if you if you analyze it and you can take a second, like it's why is that person going out of their way to comment such negativity towards a stranger? Like they don't know you, they don't really know what's going on in your life, they don't know anything about you. Um, but they're the first to judge and like the quickest to like comment and leave you like these horrible things. And so if you think about it, you can kind of like I don't know, take the weight out of their their words, but it's still it's still not nice. Oh, it's, but I think you guys do. I mean, you definitely take the weight off. It's kind of like what you said in terms of confidence. Um, I don't think 14 years ago you guys thought that you'd take over the Internet the way you did. And uh, you basically did. That, that's what it is. I mean, that's what people tell me, especially when they're following me on Instagram. They could see what I like. And they're just like, holy shit, are, do the do the suicide girls never end? Like, it's, it's just... A <laughs> and how'd you come up with the name? Um, It's... It, it's... I took it from a, a Chuck Palahniuk book. Um, and he wrote Fight Club, and in his book Survivor, he described the girls going out in Pioneer Square as suicide girls. Um, and that term just really stuck out to me. Um, I grew up in, in Portland, and 
um, the term alternative just always rubbed me the wrong way. It's like, alternative to what? What am I an alternative to? Why am I, like, just not good enough on my own or whatever? And so, I don't know. It just, the term was, it just bugged me. And so, you know, there was not really a good term to describe the girls who, who hung out, you know, and liked you know, a variety of different music genres and, like, just just the girls get in, get into that a I knew. And so, um, so I, so... The suicide girls term stuck out to me as girls who wanted to commit social suicide by choosing not to fit in to what society, um, you know, dictates, um, and to you know live their their lives on their own terms. Um, so, it's girls who commit social suicide. That's actually pretty cool. Thanks. Yeah, because I, I had never, you know, you just take it for granted. It's the name they they go by, uh, but I never really put much thought into it. And did you did you start? looking into this when you were still in Portland or was this more of a California move? Um, when I was in Portland. And then when did the move take place to, to get out to Cali? It was like 2003, 2004. Was it just for a kind of ease of access to models and locations or it was just time to leave Portland? Or was it the weather? Because when I get off on LAX, I know that's the first thing that I'm happy with. I get out of the, the cold you know, we, we're complaining right now because we haven't had any rain in forever because we've got a drought. But I have to admit, like, it rained uh, two days ago, and it was like, oh, really? It's, <laughs> it's not 72 and sunny every day, you know? <laughs> I mean, even though I know that we need the rain, it's still kind of a bummer. You, um, you do realize that it's uh, it's April 9th, and two days ago it was fucking snowing outside here. <laughs> no. It was really? snowing. It was snowing and everybody was going crazy. <laughs> like, what is no. this? Where do we live? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So I'm gonna stop complaining. <laughs> right. You you handle the drought, right? You 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 put the adult <laughs> pants on. You handle the drought, and just thank everything that you don't have fucking snow in April. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. It was it was because we put out a book. Um, our first coffee table book in 2003-2004, and we also had um, a compilation CD with Epitaph, which oh. in the, even the concept right now is like crazy, like a, a compilation CD. Um, I, and they also put out our, our first movie, distributed it, and both the, the publisher and Epitaph were in Los Feliz, and so we were like, well... That seems like the place where all the business and all the happenings are. Let's move. And so. I feel like you're, you know, you're trying not to say it was the weather, but we kind of know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I did, I did my time in the rain. You know, I did, I grew up there, so I spent a lot of time in the in the rain. Um, but and I do have to admit, it is the weather is super awesome here. And, and when you, I mean, when you got out there, uh, compared to what you have now, which is I mean, we could describe it as kind of an empire. Um, how did the growth happen? Was it a slow growth? Was it a quick growth? Did Did you realize, nah, I need more people. I need, you know, PR people. I need social media people. Um, it's. I mean, it's been a crazy back and forth over the years. Um, you know, after uh, three months, I mean, because it was just me and my business partner when we first started, and. I think the first six months it was just the two of us, and then we took on like one extra person um, the first year. Um, but you know, it was about three months after we started the site that I was interviewed by 
um, Nightline, which is like a program here, you know, like a big sort of stoic news program. Oh, I know Nightline. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Ted Koppel and the whole shebang. Yeah. Um, And then uh, then it started to sort of take off, and then, you know, in 2003, 2004, when things became bigger, and we took a PR agency and we moved down, down to L.A., and um, the book and the and the DVD and it started airing on Showtime and um, you know during the days of MySpace um, our, we had like I don't know 50 or 75 employees um, but most of them were were interns because MySpace didn't have you had to like manually accept all of your friends <laughs> so. <laughs> it was it was the worst. All right, it's the true. Worst. It was before the concept of just liking a page. Yeah. Like I'll say, oh had... fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we had like like thirty interns that were just on our MySpace account all day a- approving friends. <laughs> that, that was their job. Those are group people, and that's what they did. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's their amazing. job was just, and we had like fifteen million or something. Like it was crazy. Holy shit. Yeah, so their their job was just it was like the the modern day factory. I wonder how they described that to their friends after they were done work. So what'd you do all day? Shut up. You know. How <laughs> come you didn't approve my friend request on MySpace? <laughs> I was approving millions of requests. You didn't approve mine. You know. <laughs> that was okay. It was it was the fuck me guy. That's who it was. It was the, the let's fuck me guy. <laughs> the fuck me guy. You didn't approve mine. <laughs> <laughs> but do you do you yeah. find because when, when I mean since you were on the ground level and you were starting things up, you had all the not just creative freedom but kind of you were deciding everything creatively. Mm-hmm. But now yeah. I, it's so big. Do you feel like maybe you lost control, or you kind of maybe handed it off, and you just kind of oversee? Do you find it difficult to let that creative part of you out? Because I mean, I'm pretty sure that everything we see now. Um, it, it's kind of your brainchild. We, it's all stuff that you had thought about. It's kind of your soul that you were pouring out into what this was going to turn into, and now it's so big. It must be hard to kind of put your touch on things. Um, it is hard, but I'm kind of a control freak, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, like I am heavily involved in like the day to day of everything. Um, you know, everything from the content that goes on the front page. Um, I do like 48 hours of the seven-day week um, that I I go through and like personally pull out the the things that I find the most interesting um, and go through all the photo sets and go through, um, you know, I'm constantly active on the boards and um, come up with the the concepts for the burlesque numbers and the soundtrack and um, it's. So it's still Misty. It's still Misty's world. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and how did you come up with? I mean, you decided to take a turn. At one point, you're like, "All right, you know what? Fuck it, we could do burlesque." How, how did that come about? Um, we had done a burlesque show in 2002 or 2003 to 2007, and we toured the world. We opened for Guns N' Roses and Courtney Love, and we had a, an amazing time. But it was a lot of work. And um, we didn't really, we were still new at the the concept of it, and so we didn't really have, you know, the, uh, we 
yeah, we just didn't really know what we were doing, and it was hard, and it was a lot of work for us, and so we decided to take a break um, to put out our, our book. Um, we decided we wanted to do another coffee table book, and we couldn't do both projects, and so um, we took a break. And then it was like, well, we could do the, the burlesque tour again, or we could do a movie. And then it was like, well, we could do the movie, or we could do a comic book. How are you know, the tour or a comic book? And it was like, um, so the burlesque tour just kept getting pushed down to, like, on the back burner. And then um, in 2012, 2013, um, we put out a book called Hard Girls, Soft Light, and we sent two girls um, on a comic book, uh, a tour of comic book shops, uh, just signing books. Um, and, and when they got to Santa Cruz, it, there were 750 people standing outside of a comic book shop for two girls' autographs, and we were like, well, clearly <laughs> the people want <laughs> a live sort of experience, and we know that we can do better than having girls sit, you know. An autograph, shop. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so um, and so we we decided to restage the the burlesque tour, and you know when we were first doing the the burlesque show, it was um, you know we were the only ones doing sort of an alternative, modern take on burlesque, and you know in the years that we took off, there's been a ton of like modern burlesque and even like large scale performances like Lady Gaga and all that and so we knew that we really had to up our game. Um, so we started coming up with concepts. We decided we were going to do an all pop culture themed burlesque. Um, so all of the numbers have like uh, pop culture reference in them, whether it's you know Legend of Zelda or um, Fifty Shades of Grey, or um, you know, something like, in, or Game of Thrones. Um, uh, that sounds actually so pretty fun. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so excited. Game of Thrones is coming out on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> we all are. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everybody mark their calendars. Nobody's doing anything. I know. <laughs> you know, I wonder if we've got a show booked that day. <laughs> You're gonna cancel. <laughs> um, but uh, it's. <laughs> it's a super amazing, like, fun show that uh, has all these pop culture references, so the audience gets it. It's super heavily heavily choreographed, so you know the dancers are up there doing these amazing routines, and you're just kind of in awe of them. They're having so much fun, um, and the soundtrack, I think, personally, is pretty. Um, Kick ass because yeah. keep up with it. But um, you know, there it's it's quite a wide wide variety of music. Um, everything from sort of classics like Nine Inch Nails, um, "Fuck You Like an Animal." That's the name of it. Closer, um, because nothing says ultra violence. A little bit of the ultra violence, like "Fuck You Like an Animal." That's like the most romantic song ever written. <laughs> So that's my guy's favorite. It's not a question. It's a it's a statement when he makes it. <laughs> yes. Um and yeah, so it's, you know, a clockwork orange theme number is to that song to um, you know, new songs. We've got, you know, the weekend and we've got uh disclosure and um uh major laser and all kinds of really fun uh black keys 
there's there's a lot of fun music in in the show that I think everybody will um you know if if you're not trying to guess the next theme of the of the song of the the number then um you're gonna be trying to to guess who the next artist is did uh when when you're coming up with it is it is it kind of a group effort or are you thinking all right I'm really feeling this ladies let's make it work or is it more of a hey <laughs> Um, it's, I'll come up with a, with a, with a song and a concept and I'll talk about it with, um, our choreographer and, you know, say like, I'm thinking this and, and you know, he's like, well, you could do this. And, you know, we kind of go back and forth a little bit and then he comes up with the actual dancing and makes it all tie together. And then we work with, um, the company that does our costumes and, um, it all, ties in together nicely into a neat little unique beautiful amazing fun package do the costume people ever uh get surprised that we throw their way have you ever heard like uh, what do you mean stormtroopers you ever <laughs> like something <laughs> yeah. um well i think the, the dragon heads for game of time was uh, <laughs> a bit of a challenge <laughs> like, what? are you fucking kidding me <laughs> yeah you want a, a dragon oh, okay dragon heads <laughs> Actual. Hey, you want yeah. to be dancing? There's there's no mobility here, Missy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's actually pretty. Wow, it's, it sounds like it. It must be a pain in the ass to just, you know, not come up with a concept, but more kind of choreograph things, set it up, make sure it works, because you're you're kind of meshing so many different um, aspects of pop culture. You know, things that you wouldn't think will go well together in a dance routine, but obviously you guys know what you're doing, so it comes off as uh, you know, nice and smooth in the end. But that must be that must be quite the challenge, just uh, just thinking that up. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's crazy making finding just the right balance of everything. And how big is the tour? Um, I think Canada is fifteen cities, and then we're going to Singapore right after, and then the fall U.S. tour is I think sixty cities. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. And how how often do you meet with the girls on uh on the tour? Um we there's usually one or the other of us, my business partner or I are out on the road with them at all times. So, okay. Um yeah, we're pretty hands on. Well, I mean, you got to be you can't can't, you know, leave them alone with a bunch of uh, you know, pop culture memorabilia around them, costumes. <laughs> things could go wrong. Yeah, things could go wrong. What are you guys planning for the future? Like, I know uh, the Black Harbor Lex is huge, but, uh, you know, just by speaking to you, it feels like you've got all kinds of ideas. You're planning all kinds of mischief. <laughs> I am. There's, we've lo- we'd love to do something in the television world. We've got a few ideas we're percolating. Um, and, you know, a book and all kinds of... We've got another coffee table book that we're putting out. Um, we've got a bunch of stuff up our sleeves. It sounds like you're you're holding you're holding your cards to your chest. <laughs> I mean, with these things, it's like I've been around so long that you know that things never are. You know, until until you can hold it in your hand or see it on the screen or like finish copies and like watch it on the actual television the television channel or whatnot. These things have, often have a way of not coming to fruition. So. Oh fuck! Trust me, I understand fully. That's the. <laughs> oh yeah. That's the constant. So you know, 
you know, there, while while there's talk and plans and stuff, best way plans, right? Yeah, it's, <laughs> and I'll, you know, we don't want to jinx it. I don't want exactly. I don't want you to come back six months down the road and be like it was that motherfucker in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're like, hey, so what about that uh, TV thing that's going on? Yeah, yeah it's happening. Yeah, you ruined it. You ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I'm gonna be at the at the local show. That's for sure. All right, I got my ticket. So that's gonna be fun. Yeah, all your listeners should come out as well. It's- oh yeah, it's it, well, it's actually I've been talking about it today with uh, members of the other podcast. Uh, they're they're oh. pro- they're promoting it as well too. They were kind of excited that this was going on. Um, oh, cool. They were also confused by the fact that like, what are you, how are you going to do the the interview already? They're not in town yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm magic. I got a trick up my sleeve. Of, uh, magic. I've <laughs> I've mastered the art of the internet. <laughs> we, we got this. Is there is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want to promote? Any other uh, associated sites you want to talk about, or maybe send people to? Um, no, I mean you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, follow the girls on uh, Meerkat and Twitter and Tumblr. Our Tumblr just turned seven, which is crazy. Yesterday was its seventh birthday. <laughs> I'm only now getting a Tumblr, so this is a good excuse. Yeah, it's well, Tumblr is like the last bastion of boobies. <laughs> like where you can be uncensored and um it's like the only the only place now i don't know still somewhat, but not as much uh, how, you said meerkat meerkat yeah it's the um the live stream tweet thing that is going on it's new another thing i have yet to hear of which makes me feel <laughs> ridiculous and there's there's meerkat and periscope that are vying for total Twitter domination right now, but um, Periscope is owned by Twitter, so it has a bit of an edge. Right. The tw- Twitter, the best thing they've done recently, I think, is the new uh, quote uh, kind of card that they did. So when you're trying to quote somebody, if you're trying to reply, it won't just copy text. It'll give a card. Oh. So you have the full 140 characters to bitch about what they said. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> That's a good idea. All right. Well, this this was uh, this was fun. Much. Hey, no and problem. I hope you have fun at the show. Uh, I'm sure I will. All right. Take care, Missy. Thanks a lot. Bye. You enjoy that shit? Was that fun? You damn right it was. Uh, go check out suicidegirls.com. Look at where Blackheart Burlesque will be next. They might be in a city near you, if not inside your fucking city. So you go check them out. And uh, yeah, big thanks to uh, Missy Suicide for jumping on. It was really cool. Thanks for listening, dudes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.